0: You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Okay, will the church or an angel fulfill the gospel prophecy in Matthew twenty four fourteen? Uh, it, it's well. First of all, let me. I think it's best that I read Matthew twenty four fourteen. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. First of all, it's absolutely essential to understand the structure of Matthew twenty four and the vast majority of interpreters out there get a very important part of the structure of Matthew 24 um, wrong and that is they assume that they assume that verse 15 and onward just sequentially follows verse 14 it does not beginning in verse 15 uh, is a parenthetical section that goes back and unpacks what Leads up to verse fourteen. In other words, one can think of verse, uh, verses of uh, Matthew twenty four verses, uh, chapter four, I mean uh, verse four through fourteen. These ten verses or eleven verse, uh, eleven verses. This is really the body of Matthew twenty four twenty five. All right, this is not an introduction to the All of the Discourse. This is actually the body of it, and. So you know the disciples come up to Jesus. What's the sign? They're asking. What's the sign? They're coming and the end of the age. And then Jesus, first of all, he gives this very broad. He gives a broad answer. And then uh, up to verse fourteen, and then he says, "And then the end will come." Boom. That's it. Right, right there. I mean, Jesus could have stopped right there, but he didn't. He. Then, then beginning verse 15, he unpacks in more detail, he goes back to explain. We know this is the case for several reasons. Number one, verse uh, 15 begins with the Greek word un, which means therefore, okay? That means that now he's going to give the um, a, uh, a development and a more honed in warning of now that I told you this is going to come, now live in light of this. And it, at the same time he talks about living in light of this, he also talks about more detail events uh, in verses 15 through <clears throat> through 31. That's very important to understand that. Um, again, commentaries are just uh, vastly ignorant of this uh, very important point um, because – and we're going to see this again, Matt, you see this again in, in the book of Revelation, where chapters 12 through 14 are parenthetical. They function the same way. Everything up to verse 11 completes the end of the seventy week of Daniel, and then you have verse, chapters 12 through 14 unpacking what came before it. Okay, so that, that's very important uh, to understand. And uh, I'm not sure why there's a lot of confusion out there about the, you know, what's the relationship between the end of the age and the second coming. Or the Greek term parousia, all that is is uh, is that the the end of the age is brought about by the return of Christ. It's, all right, this it's not rocket science. It's not you know trying to find some you know some mysterious distinction here or whatnot. It's it just simply we see this in Matthew twenty four that the the end of the age is brought about by the return of Christ. The parousia. Okay, so if there was any uh, you know misunderstanding of what the relationship between the end of the age and the return of Christ is that is the relationship uh up to verse 14 you have you know Jesus explaining certain events that are going to happen certain events that are going to happen in the great tribulation in verses 9 through 4 uh 9 through uh let's see here 9 through 13 are e- Events that are general events that are going to happen uh, during the Great Tribulation, sort of like a shotgun, right? It's just kind of broad. Boom, here it is. And then in verse fifteen, he unpacks specific, specifically the agent of which these events are going to happen in the Great Tribulation. So in verse fourteen, Jesus notes another event that has to happen before the uh, the return of Christ, and that is that he says that this this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Now, almost without exception, and this is not a criticism against them, I'm just saying, uh, almost without exception, missionary agencies out there will have as their motto this verse. Uh, That is, they, they believe that the, the great, commission, great Commission, they believe verse 14 is referring back to the Great Commission mandate in Matthew 24, 28. Let me read that. It says, uh, verse, starting in verse um, uh, 18, talking to the, to the disciples, the 11 disciples. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, there, you know, here we have, every believer has that, this mandate, right? Make disciples, teaching them. uh, That is the gospel, um, uh, the Great Commission mandate. So, A lot of people, they read verse 14, and they just assume, they just assume where it says this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world, and then the end will come. They just assume that's referring back to the mandate in Matthew 24, verse 28. Uh, I'm inclined to think that it does not. I'm inclined to think that uh, it's not going to be fulfilled. Verse 14, this gospel prophecy is not going to be fulfilled by the church. Instead, I believe it's going to be fulfilled by an angel. And it's not going to be fulfilled, verse 14, is not going to be fulfilled, you know, over the church age in some very long duration. Instead, it's going to be fulfilled instantaneously by an angelic proclamation. Turn to uh, math, or, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 14. Now, Revelation 14 is situated in the parenthetical section of Revelation 12, 13, 14. And I am adamant about this, that you cannot understand the sequence the structure of the book of Revelation if you do not understand that revelation revelation chapters 12 through 14 are parenthetical they don't follow sequentially or chronolog- uh, chronologically after chapter 11 uh, it's basically um, yeah but, uh, yeah seven visions here and you have um, and, and and within one of these visions there is an, an angelic a, a um a uh, or three three angelic messages or warnings actually right in the first one in revelation 14 verse 6 and i believe that these angelic warnings are situated just they're situated in the great tribulation this is not during the day of the lord's wrath it's in the antichrist great tribulation in fact i i believe that they're situated just before the great tribulation is is going to be cut short hence the warnings uh, especially given that it's um, in the context of the harvest of the earth, down in verse uh, chapter fourteen, verse fourteen. So this happening uh, going to happen just before the return of Christ, and then you and 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 this warning. The first warning I want to focus on is in found in verse six. It says, "Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel." to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe, language, and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Uh, sound pretty familiar? Yeah, it does. Uh, it's the, the language is the same. The context is the same as Matthew 24, 14. Uh, I believe that this is the message uh, just unpacked more here in the book of Revelation and which which I believe that Matthew 24 14 is referring to this event. Now I have to understand the the term gospel it's not a it's not a technical term. People just assume it is. Again, this is getting back to my my linguistic senses of when I when I hear fallacies, people just assume, oh, everywhere in the in the Bible, wherever you see the term gospel, it must mean the death, burial, resurrection. No, it doesn't. Again, it's context. Context, 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 people, has to determine the meaning. You can't just say, well, the gospel over here means this. Therefore, if, it, if it's mentioned elsewhere, it must also mean that. The Greek term uh, euangelion is the term that's used for often gospel. I mean, there's many other terms, by the way, that refer to the concept of fallacy, and here we can get into the word concept fallacy. Um, and th- th- there's many good news. It, it means good news, right? And and But of course, it doesn't have a, a technical sense every time it's used. Well, certainly, Paul uses it in a, one could say, a semi-technical sense in many of his epistles, right? Uh, but you can't assume that uh, that it's it it refers to the death burial resurrection of Christ now don't get me wrong I obviously I believe that there's only one gospel that saves right yep it's the gospel of what Christ did for us right uh, that's not what I'm talking about here I'm talking about uh the um that different different context doesn't always require that it's talking about the death burial resurrection so and I don't believe it's referring to the death, burial, resurrection in Matthew twenty-four, uh, verse fourteen. I believe that's talking about the good news about the coming kingdom of Jesus, and uh, that the, the 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 righteous will will dwell in his kingdom, and the wicked will be judged. In fact, in fact, I believe the gospel mentioned in Matthew in the angelic gospel. People may look at Matthew twenty-four, fourteen, and. They they look at that and they say, well, you know that that's a gospel of you know God is giving them one last chance to repent. I'm not I'm not so sure that's the case. I think uh, it's at this point where people hearts are so hardened that this is actually a gospel of judgment, not so much grace. Yes, they are saved if they repent because it, there is a warning. That's true. Fear God, give Him glory. Right. That is a warning. Uh, however, often God uses these warnings of judgment as a means uh, to bring his judgment against them, and which makes sense because what happens immediately after this warning, soon after? You have the return of Christ and you have the day of the Lord's judgment. Uh, so we have to remember, um, God is glorified in his judgment. We always think, well, God is glorified in his mercy, but let's have some balance here, right? And we have to understand that God is going to be glorified in in punishing the wicked. Uh, that might be difficult for many people to understand, but I would say that's it, that difficulty comes on from. You know, uh, modern conceptions, humanistic conceptions of God that we pour, um, pour, that we want God to be, right? No, <clears throat> when we look at Scripture, throughout Scripture, from Genesis 1 to the very end, in God's judgment activities, he is glorified. And he is to be glorified because he is maintaining his righteousness. He is maintaining his holiness. We want God to be glorified in his judgment. Otherwise, God would no longer be God if he did not maintain his holiness. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> okay, so Matthew uh, 24, just to, just to kind of recap here, Revelation chapter 14, again, it's in, it's very interesting because, again, the context is the same as Matthew 24, 14. You have it just before the end of the age. You have the mention of an eternal gospel is proclaimed to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people, which is interesting because you have that in the context of Matthew 24. Uh, you have the warning, again, that God's judgment is impending. And what's Matthew 24, right? You have just th- that, that gospel prophecy is just, you know, once that happens, then you have the the end. Uh, so, so i i 'm inclined to think that i 'm not one hundred percent dogmatic on it, but I think uh, the the evidence there is this is the best understanding of matthew twenty four fourteen that it 's it's, it's, it's re- ultimately referring to that matthew twenty four fourteen is going to be fulfilled by an angel, not the church again i 'm not trying to minimize the great commission that 's our duty we, we have the duty of but i don 't believe matthew twenty four fourteen is referring to that uh, in this context. So, it's going to be fulfilled by an angel uh, just before Jesus returns, and it's not going to be f- fulfilled over, you know, centuries during the church age. Instead, uh, it's going to be fulfilled instantaneously in a message that's going to go out to all the world, which is interesting because, you know, there's always this discussion, how can the gospel, how can every every single individual in the whole world uh, hear the gospel before Christ's return, right? There's always babies being born. There's always people groups that still have not heard the gospel. And how, I mean, how do we actually, how does every single person is going to hear the gospel? And some people say, well, it's not, it's, it's not literal or, or whatnot. They explain it away. Uh, but um, I, you know, I, you know, with, with a, it, I, I think it's going to be done supernaturally by an angel, the whole world will know uh, they will be warned to give Christ glory right they are uh, God glory uh, for for who he is and to repent now I'm I, I don't believe that this is going to bring about this worldwide revival uh, because I do I do I see this as a judgment proclamation, not so much a, you know, this is, you know, come down to the altar call, right? Or, you know, altar call, come down to, you know, the altar. I, I don't see that. I see it just the complete opposite. I think it's going to actually maybe harden people's hearts. And <clears throat> uh, not to say, of course, that uh, during the day of the Lord's wrath, there, you know, by God's gracious exception, there will be. Uh, some Gentiles saved but again i I don't like to highlight that because I don't want to convey to people that there's this second chance after Christ returns right i I uh, we have to uh think as though no there is no chance in fact uh the that that's the whole point of these warnings before the day of the Lord's wrath again i I hope this has been helpful and Uh, clarified the structure of Matthew 24 and clarified uh, Matthew 24 verse 14 and how that prophecy, that gospel prophecy, how is that going to be fulfilled and when is it going to be fulfilled uh, in the future.